Hello and welcome to the first ever Penny Dreadful podcast, Penny Earful. I'm your host, Cecily. I'm Aaron. Uh, we are discussing the first episode of season three, the day Tennyson died. What are your thoughts on the episode? I liked it. I thought that I was, I, I, I was, I don't like seeing Vanessa wallow in filth. This is the episode where everyone looks like actual hell. Yep. I'm not really down with her dating the scorpion-loving zoologist. Really? I, I'm i totally still... She needs to, to stay true to her opus day. Uh, opus day. Her opus dog. Her lupus day. <laughs> and, uh, but I tell you what, by the end, there's so many cool things going on with Sir Malcolm and his new buddy and the introduction of the big bads. Uh, mm-hmm. Dracula and you know Renfield and Doctor Jekyll and the promise of all that stuff and this Titanic battle that's going to take place between the scientists and the monsters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I really liked it. I really liked it. I agree. I think it was a very strong opening. Uh, can I ask you about Tennyson, the great Lord Tennyson, who the episode is named after? Yeah, so I don't, I can't pretend to be an expert on poetry, much less English poets, but um, it's hard not to have ever heard of Tennyson. Right, Um, or his poetry, if you're not familiar with him having written it. Right, he he wrote, the the one that I'm familiar with is Charge of the Light Brigade, about Mm -hmm. the the, the, the doomed charge, and was that the Crimean War, or was that one of the others? Oh, you're Um, really not familiar. Well, see, I'm, (laughs) I'm, uh... I have approximate knowledge of many things. <laughs> well, uh, but the thing is, is, so he was the poet laureate of, of the United Kingdom. And so this is a honorary position. And he held it for 42 years. Wow. And when I, and I think this so, is the only time this has ever happened. But, and this is a position that's been in, in, in England since 1616. But that's the only time uh, this has ever happened out of respect for how long he'd served and how much he'd moved the nation they left the post vacant for four years as a measure of respect for them. That sounds insane to me. So yeah. there's only one poet laureate at a time, and it's only in England. Well, I know every there's like there's poet laureates of different nations, and like oh. there might even be like I don't know the university. I think that literally just means like a decorated poet, right? Okay, that's what I thought. So um, four years without a poet yeah. laureate. Yeah, because they were they're mourning their their old one. What did a poet laureate do? They write so I, speeches. I, it, there's no real. For, so I did some research. There's no real formal responsibilities or duties, but there's the understanding that if shit go down, you make you, pretty words. You're there with the verse. You're there. Ah. They're, they're there to spit a spit a cipher for the people to commemorate it or to make them feel better about it mm-hmm. or. Uh, you know, major deaths, uh, national tragedies, national pr- uh, prides, that that kind of thing. Okay. But there's like even like I was, I was reading like Minnesota's got a poet laureate. There's <laughs> you know, it's per state, so it's just there's just a lot of them. Well, and you no, can just... Martha's Vineyard's got one. Hmm. Uh, so it's like, it's... can I be the poet laureate of this room? Sure. Cool. I think by default you are. Cool. Um, although we already have a bald move has a poet laureate. It's Tom G who lives oh, in a Volkswagen. Damn it. And That's he's served right. consecutively for like five years now. He does make words pretty. If if Tom ever dies, the the post will be left vacant forever, out of respect. <laughs> you watch your back, Tom. I know you live in a Volkswagen somewhere. <laughs> so what do what what what, what so are we, where do we want to go with this? So the episode is named "The Day Tennyson Died." Are there 
is that just setting our our date which is october 6th 9 or 1892 or are there parallels to his life or works or you know that's the thing like i can't pretend i i i can't pretend to have any kind of knowledge about this poetry but i've gathered that there's a lot of quotes from his uh poem maud okay which deals with that's um, the one vanessa read at the end yeah, and it and it deals with loss and uh, particularly love loss and heartache and mm. um, yeah, uh, th- just and, and, general misery. Yeah, like and, the and, theme and, of the and, show. Yeah, and uh, you know, kind of mo- um, very depressive mental states and things like that. Again, mm. that's what I've gathered, mm-hmm. and then with like a glimmer of hope at the end. Ooh. So I think it was a good. It's kind of like a you know Miss America pod. This is the day the poetry died in England, okay. Which makes you know, and and this is a show that's been having characters given to spouting poetry at each other. Like mm-hmm. I'm looking at you, John Clare. Why couldn't you have frozen to death in the north like you were supposed to? Um, <laughs> okay, because you know I'm a, I'm a John Clare hater. I, that's the, so we we were caught flat footed. Uh, they did this last year. And I don't know why uh-huh. we didn't remember, but we were going to do a preview podcast where we kind of introduce ourselves. Yes, we would be doing the preview podcast right now. As a matter of fact. Yep, but they released the episode, and it's like, well, how dumb will it be to be like, oh, who's going to be the big bad this year? I don't know. <laughs> Let's pretend like we haven't already seen it, because it came out a week early. All right. So, do you want to spend a little bit of time talking previewing? about... Previewing? Not, not previewing, but kind of establishing your... What kind of Penny penny Dreadful fan you are? Uh, okay. Like, I'm uh, the kind... I'll, I'll go first, and you can think about yes, what you're going to say. I'm the kind of Penny Dreadful guy that wants to see Vanessa and Ethan fuck really, really bad. <laughs> like, they just need to get it on. Just fuck already. Yes. Uh, and that's... And, Haven't and I, they? At the witch's house? Or they just make out? They came damn close. Okay. I don't think there's any threat of pregnancy, but there... And then, then you know, he gets shanghaied, and he was already kind of on his way of like, oh, I'm too evil and dark for you, who is... <laughs> you know, the bride of Satan <laughs> and who wears black habitually. Right. Uh, and then it's like, so that, that's kind of ridiculous, but that's also one of the engines of the show. And I'm also a pretty big hater of John Clare. Like historically, I have not uh, liked his character and he has agreed. really done some forehead slapping things. And it's, you know, he's also killed or, or made less interesting. A lot of characters that he's come into contact with, but, but, uh, he also introduced us to uh, Lily slash Brona. John Clare? Yeah. Uh, yes. And and brought about what I thought was a brilliant revelation of her team up with uh, Dorian, Dorian Gray. Gray. Yeah, that was incredible. To, to, I mean, that's we haven't seen a pairing like that since Jay-Z and Beyonce, and they're barely holding on right now. They are. Whereas, you know, Brona and, uh, and Gray are going strong. <laughs> Brona with the good hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yes, I agree with all of those things. I am not a, a Caliban or John Clare fan either, ever since he killed what might still be one of my favorite characters, Proteus. I don't know why I liked Frankenstein and Proteus so much, but that was I thought that was really good. I mean props for the move and props for doing that because they're setting up I thought they were telling like this origin story of Frankenstein. And then when he comes in and tears him in half, oh, and my God. like, no, I'm the original. Like that was dr- truly shocking. The but, big, one of the biggest or shocking, most shocking things that I've seen on TV. But his, just, I was not expecting that. He's just like a reanimated Eeyore. 
Like, even, like, I'm surprised body parts don't fall off. He's like, well, there goes my thumb. Yeah, he's terrible. All the time that I watch him, I just think about how terrible he is and what terrible things he's done. But. And how self-pitying he is all the time. And Yes. I just, I can't stand him. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's. He's a, my problem with him, I guess, he's this giant hypocrite because right. he can see misery in others and the folly of not being able to forgive and vengeance and how petty people are. And he tends to focus on that, yet he's also making time with all these beautiful women right. that are, you know, and I, and I get that. You made a beautiful woman. She deserves to be mine. And she yeah. doesn't want me. You make her want me. And Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Now, you know. I, I don't know what his emotional development is. I mean, he's obviously after we've seen what Brona flipped out and did, like maybe he's the more stable of the two. Right. But still, it's like he's such a contradiction and he's so mopey for what seems like very small reasons um, other than, I guess, you know, the fact that he's a tortured being. I don't know. He's not my favorite character. Can I just but say? But just before I move on, I want to say that I'm very intrigued with the idea of him regaining some memories. Yes, that is interesting. Because that's just flat. I mean, regardless of what you care about the character, that's just an interesting concept. And I like, you know, I like some of the science fiction horror aspects of it. Right. And this monster maybe regaining a sense of his humanity or maybe even finding, I don't know, new depths of depravity through his memories that he recovers. Like, what's he going to discover about himself? Is he, uh, does he have zombie like qualities? What I mean by that is, does he need to eat? Does he get cold? It seemed like he was the only person that was unaffected by the cold. Yeah, no, and no, he, the, the hunger and they definitely do seem to be superhuman, like strong and resistance to different things that would affect normal human. Like he's just he's essentially walk from the Arctic Circle back to England in an overcoat, right, and a London fog jacket. Yeah, why did he even stick around so long? So. Uh, yeah, um, I can I just say that I think that this show does a really great job of bringing all these different storylines together in a believable way. Mm-hmm. Like Vanessa, of course, she volunteers at an underground soup kitchen where she would run into John Clare. And they'd spit and, poetry back at each other, for yeah, each other. Yeah, and they'd be drawn to each other naturally. Uh, and of course, Frankenstein would take Brona ethan's lover and turn her into the next reanimated corpse i don't know i just think that that works really well for me yeah that the coincidences aren't uh eye rolling one thing i'm going to do after the main cast goes up is i'm going to post a conversation you and me and shane bowman uh had about the wrap-up for last season because we yeah. went for a good deep conversation about how we felt about things so if you kind of want to get further flavor about you know, what we're bringing in our baggage into this, this season, then uh, check that out. It'll be on baldmove.com and uh, you can check the show notes. I'll link it and it should be in the feed if you subscribe to it. Um, so are we ready to talk about this particular episode? Yes, okay. I am. Uh, we, I'm just going to break it down by, I think, character stories here. Sounds good. Uh, starting with Vanessa, who is living in squalor and just like an animal drinking the milk and the f- groceries that are delivered to her. I felt like she was living in a diorama that some high schooler had contru- constructed to picture the jilted spinster from Great Expectations. Yes. Like the fact that she's got the rotting cake and all of the wedding stuff <laughs> just there and has gone to waste and she hasn't taken off her wedding dress and she's just wallowing. Like that's... Right. It, it's total Great Expectations, jilted spinster, wallow... 
Vanessa. Not a good look. That does have in to be hard, every though. sense of the word. I mean, it's not just Ethan leaving. It's Malcolm leaving. It's the death of Sembeni. It's, uh, am I saying that right? Sembe- yeah, Sembeni, I think is how they say it. Um, uh, just everyone leaving at the same time. And the loss, as we find out, maybe the most severe thing she's feeling is the loss of, of her faith. Yeah, exactly. Knowing that the Which, devil's just always looming over your shoulder, yeah. and he only gets closer when you... Yeah. When, uh, when when the, the, the forces of darkness want to take you as their prize, uh, you know, keeping keeping the, the Lord Jesus close is probably important. It's hard to be resilient, yeah. Yeah. Uh, have we ever seen the the good Lord Jesus come to her aid at any point? I mean, it's debatable that, uh, I mean, we've seen her call in the darkness a few times. And I've seen that be pretty effective. Yeah. So I haven't seen her do white magic that did anything. Well, so the question is, what do you think, what do you think of this lupus day prophecy? Because that's literally, uh, could be construed as a guardian sent by God to help, help her in her struggle for her soul. So, I mean, that's, that fits into the whole God idea of, uh, you know, the man on a rooftop praying, you know, save me from the flood. And a helicopter comes by and offers to rescue him. And he's like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm good. I'm, I'm God's going to save me. And then a boat comes by and he ends up drowning, gets to heaven. And it's the old, you know, why didn't you save me, Lord? He's like, what did I you want? Three I, helicopters I sent a helicopter <laughs> and a boat. Like, you know, right. I sent I sent Ethan. Look at him. Look yeah. at him. He can fight and he's gun. And when all that fails, he can turn into a wolf. What do you, what more do you want? Well, that's not any of her fault. He he left her to go turn himself in because he's... Also, I know the Lord works in mysterious ways, <laughs> but it's funny that a servant of him would like rip 30 people apart and eat them too. Especially since it seems like he has no control over whether those are innocents. I mean, he killed Simbin for God's sake. Simbini. Sh- yeah, I mean... Yeah, that's true. He... I mean, if we're going by that logic, then the good Lord Jesus gave him that? Mm-hmm. Or... Or maybe it's a curse from Satan that he has to struggle with. I mean, I well, don't know Lupus about the theology. Day is like wolf of God, right? Sure. Isn't that That's literally tr- what it means. So it couldn't be a curse from Satan if it's the gift. Mm. I don't know. But yes, I wish that he were still around. So... Uh, but, the, you know, the, either regardless of what the theology, the important thing is she believes... And that gives us a sort. gives her a source of strength, and that inner strength is what fuels all of her other mumbo jumbo. I prefer blood scorpions. <laughs> so Ferdinand Lyle shows up, and he knows she's in there. And I guess it's surprisingly easy to get to their back door. Those witches should have tried the <laughs> back door. Well, I mean, that's what I was saying. It's like you know, Sim Bean Bene would be rolling in his grave if he saw any of this stuff because you know they installed all this fortress like stuff and then she's leaving the back door wide open just so you know amazon fresh can make their daily delivery (laughs) yes uh so he refers her to a dr seward uh and she goes to visit her dr seward looks very much like one joan clayton her former mentor and she the psychiatrist lady has it all figured out yeah, uh, no. I did dipping in this into these waters. I want to ask people's opinion. Maybe we should have a spoiler section at the end. Okay. But you know, one of my chief pleasures in 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 Penny Dreadful is I have a bit of um, you know gothic horror background. Like that tends to be was was my jam. Like I like the I mean, like Frankenstein novel, the, the Bram Stoker's literature. Dracula, and you know you can't drop names like Doctor Seward. 
and Renfield and Dracula. Oh, yeah, we're watching this. Your ears perked up immediately. No, well, and even when when you got to that scene and uh, Dracula started whispering, I'm like, oh my god, this is Renfield and yeah. this is Dracula. I was like, what? What? What am I missing? But yeah. so there, you know, there's some implications for the plot as as far as that goes, and uh, yeah. there might be some people just like in Boardwalk Empire. It's like that was a largely historical work. Yeah. And you could spoil the hell out of yourself just oh, by reading Wikipedia. Yes, just by reading facts. I think we're going to – I'd like to talk about some of these uh, Dracula characters, but maybe we'll do it in the spoiler section at the very end of the podcast. I love that idea. Okay. Are we going to start a spoiler thread as well for people to contribute? Uh, may, and, uh, I, maybe a single one. Okay. Like this is the Penny Dreadful single Gothic ongoing. Horror. Yeah. A spoiler thread. So if you you know if you've read J- Jekyll and Hyde and, mm-hmm. and and all that stuff, then then here's where you can do your theory crafting without getting in other people's uh, you know up in their biz. Sounds good to me. How do you feel about Doctor Seward being somehow related to the Claytons? Ah, uh, and being in relative similar age, right? Well, not only that, but. She was discom. She was not comfortable with the association. Right. When Vanessa said, "Oh, are you related to the witch's coven? That's coven that's out of uh, Yorkshire or whatever the hell she says," I felt like Seward bristled a bit, and it could be because there is some. She's aware of some notorious and less savory aspects of her family and wants to distance herself from it. But she it- was a day a daywalker. I think she was called the Good Witch. Yeah, but she also but had a satanic a Bible that could, you know, she could spit, yeah. you know, hellfire when she needed to as well. Right. But yeah, no, she was a good wife. <laughs> I helped good. all the girls with the uh, helped helped all the girls with their abortions and whatnot. Um, um, but you know, I think I, I don't know. I so is it possible? Are you trying to say that it's possible that they are the same person? Like re- like she's trying to she's on the lamb here because no, I didn't get that at all. I don't think so. Do you think there's some kind of reincarnation spirit in it? Or do you think this is just like Vanessa sees this as a sign that, oh, this is going to be a safe mentor for me? I guess I need a better idea of the timeline here. Was it 10 years ago that Vanessa was under her tutelage? That's a good question. That seems about right. Five to 10 years. Yeah, it's been a while. Because that's the thing. They don't do anything to like age her up or down. Right. It's just Ava Green. Right. And Joan Clayton, I mean, the actress who plays Dr. Seward slash Joan Clayton, the same. Uh-huh. She is the same age. Uh, but she is definitely intrigued by Vanessa, just like Vanessa says, because she pretends to not be. But once Vanessa leaves the room, she just stares after her. So I uh, can't wait to see where that goes. Uh-huh. And she's her last piece of advice before coming back at 10 in the morning is to go somewhere you've never been or eat something new. Uh, so she goes right back to a place she's already been. <laughs> is she? Wait, what? Yeah, this is the same museum that she toured with Dorian that one time. Really? Yeah. Well, then that's bullshit. Right. Maybe running into the gym. Or maybe I'm wrong, but I, I feel like we've seen this interior before. Maybe well, that, someone else came so, through. So, yeah, I was going to say that would not surprise me because these are it's all brainy people. It's a very big attraction, and, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but, but yeah, no, I think that would be cheating if she's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it goes right there. Right. Uh, but on her way there, she's accosted by two vampire minions. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vanessa has experience with vampires. Am I wrong? Extensive with her and. But so this must be Malcolm. a different breed of vampire because, you know, the, uh, we've seen the other vampire and they got that like chitinous. 
Yeah. Like almost insect carapace. Oh, right. Yeah. And they don't look quite human. Now, maybe dra- maybe these are like... And I know there's different levels of vampire. I mean, they look a lot like Mira did when they found her. Hmm. And and they could be like uh, what do they call those like familiars that are not they're not full vampires but they're under the thrall kind of like Renfield is now okay uh, because in my in my Dracula fiction I like Renfield to be pale and raving stark raving mad we'll get there I'm sure 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 <laughs> but I'm just saying this this kid looks very much vampiric to me yep. Uh, I feel like she should have been a bit wiser but I don't know he was gone by the it's time she it's got a different, to different type of vampire yeah. So she at the museum she meets uh, a new hottie, Alexander Sweet. You don't like him? Why? I because I want. I demand answers. Did I not make it clear that I want uh, oh, Vanessa and Ethan to fuck? And if she's dicking around with this dork, there that's going to delay the fucking that uh, needs to happen. That's true. So I just thought this man was very charming, very sweet, very nerdy and that appeals to me in some well, way well and also it's one of i feel like that he's the i mean i guess he's happy he's or at least that's the 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 way he's carrying himself but i feel like he's way too close to the dark mysterious men of her type yeah and if you're going to go that just go to full lupus day right except no substitutes all right you're a hard shipper i get it I am. I am. I don't mind. I don't mind admitting it. <laughs> well, it's what she needs right now because it breathes a f- uh, new life into her. She goes home, gets what? inspired to clean the shit out of her house. Yeah. What did you think of the Sherlock Holmes style therapy session that Doctor Seward treated her to? What do you mean? The like, the qu- answering questions the, the, with the, questions. The, the machine gun fire delivery and the the fact that she like was able to read her like a book like to a ridiculous degree. She's like, you don't know me, see? And she's like, oh, I know all about you, see? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know this because of the bat poop that's on your left instep <laughs> yeah. and the fuzz on your right shoulder. Well, that's the thing about uh, the Joan Clayton connection is because is my thinking is that she might know a little bit more about Vanessa personally than she's letting on. But ha- that's she- what I said, but through Maybe what Joan mechanism? wrote letters home and she said, you gotta, you gotta check this chick out. She's crazy. Huh. She's crazy. She's powerful. I'm going to leave her the Satan book. So just keep an eye on her. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, Did, were you not convinced? No, I just don't know. Like it was, it, it's, I don't know what old time therapy looked like. You know, and this they called it alienism, which I thought was interesting. I guess that is an archaic term for the treat study of the treatment of mental illnesses. Well, if you don't like it, then you can go get your teeth cleaned. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, that sounds like a good plan to me. Yeah, but no, I don't. I don't know. Like, I feel like uh, I don't know how effective this kind of therapy would be. But then again, I don't know what you would do when you are seeing a client that thinks they're damned and wrestles with demonic forces. Well, you know the thing. Maybe is- some tough love is required. I feel like she was speaking in generalities. But they like were that, very specific. Sure, but that's also applied to me at some point in my life where I felt I felt sad and depressed and lonely. I mean, everyone feels that way at some point. Like And you like fell a, under the into the clutches of a dark, mysterious dickhole. I did. I what? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everyone's felt depressed and I think that that's something that can unite us in some way, but mm-hmm. um She's. I, I take it that Dr. Seward has seen a lot of different cases and at the same time a lot of similar cases as yeah. being forefront on this new type of medicine. She specializes in complicated people. Right. But also I thought, I mean, there's a couple things like I thought was interesting. Like she's like, you are a, what would she say? 
an unconventional woman or he wouldn't be here. Yeah. So I guess that's the thing. But you're also conventional because of the way you dress. Yeah. You know, even, there's still a bit of sex, a stigma around mental health nowadays. Oh, and the fact that she's a woman doctor is Oh, yeah. Is so, so back then, you're, you're talking about off the charts. Right. Like the 1% of the, the weirdos and the, the, the forward-thinking ones and, yeah. are, are going to be you know, these eclectic clientele you're going to be gathering. Right. So, uh, yeah, Vanessa goes home and... Cleans the house and smokes up and uh, recites some Tennyson herself. Yep. Comes clean with Malcolm. So I guess I understood that they were exchanging exchanging letters, letters, but maybe not completely being truthful with each other. And this is the episode they both come clean. I'm very confused about how mail worked back then. Because she starts her letter letter by saying, I don't know where this will find you. Like, how do you send it then? (laughs) Sir Malcolm Zanzibar and just throw it in the mail and see what happens. No, I don't know because I, you know, that's uh, some of my favorite book series is the Patrick O'Brien uh, Aubrey Matron series, and that was always a plot point that uh, Captain Aubrey be writing his wife these serial journals, and because of where when you especially when he was like in the Indian Ocean or the Pacific. The letters, depending on which ship carried it home and which path it went, like they would come out of order, and like his wife Sophie uh, was like trying to figure out what the hell is going on, right? Um, That's and and vice versa, you know. Uh, but yeah, it, it was one of those things where you pay your money and you put where you think they are, and people did last post, and I, I don't know, and I don't know how much investigation went into that. Like they moved. There's no forwarding address. Go fuck yourself. Or whether it was, you know, they would actually. Probably asked around the town or, I don't yeah. know, asked the postmaster, you seen this guy? Oh, that's interesting. Maybe you, I'm just speculating here, maybe you go to the postmaster before you leave town and say, hey, I'm going on to this place. That's what I'm, if you want to be found or you want people to be able to correspond with you, that's what you would do. Right. Okay. Uh, and I'm sure there's also like, you know, when he goes to the interior of Africa to lay his friend to rest. Maybe you send it straight to the embassy. The, the post, yeah, the post would have had to wait until he returned more to the coastal area. Ah. Okay, so anything more about Vanessa? I can't think of anything right now. So moving on to Ethan being extradited back to New Mexico. And uh, his father's men show up on the same train and attack and kill everyone except for... Hecate? Uh, Hecate? The British inspector. What about him? Oh, oh, Hecate. Okay, you're talking about the I'm talking about the the witch woman, which we went back and forth for a while trying to figure out if she was the same person. She definitely is. I was on the winning side. Just want to note. Well, it's on record, so how do you feel? You <laughs> I feel was, like a better person. Did she seem a little bit more flush or, or w- of color than she did? Because she was the extreme... New Mexico sun's gotten to her. There you go. There you go. She's not uh, as pale and uh, demonic looking. Yes, with her hair pulled back and wearing people clothes, she uh, mm-hmm. she. You'd have recognized her if she'd lost her hair and had those wicked, crazy scars on her oh, body, yeah, running around naked, yeah, and blending in. She should have done that chameleon act on the train instead of begging for her life. <laughs> Well, I don't know. Begging for her life worked. That's true. She's just an innocent, unarmed woman. The other survivor was the British inspector, which I... Yes. Do you think that he's going to have something special about him? Because how in the hell is he going to rescue Ethan from what, I, what I'm what i going to guess is some supernatural? Like, maybe this is a pack of werewolves? Because mm. I, I thought that the main guy... like it's, They're not the men in black. They're the men in brown. The ones that came <laughs> to spring him. I thought yeah. the main guy looked very wolfish. It's because of the beard? 
just his is it because his, his you have look. wolf in you too? No, I'm more of a bear. Is that why you have a bear? I'm more of a bear, but no, he, <laughs> didn't you think he looked a little wolfish? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they all look kind of grizzled. Mm. But yes, very wolfish. Speaking I mean, hungry, I like would be shocked if his father wasn't also a wolf. Well, but... And hungry. Didn't they imply that this is a curse, some some uh, Native American curse that there was put on him? Like so you're that, saying that, the main guy is not a wolf? No, I'm saying that he probably he might be damned by all the Indians as well. But I don't know that it's I don't know that it implies that there's a blood relationship here. Because uh, I, I just always thought that whatever heinous things that Ethan got up to in America, uh, he, you know, there's some kind of uh, he got involved in some kind of tribal warfare or mm-hmm. borderland skirmish with these, and he probably committed some atrocities like. You know, U.S. military was wont to do back in the day. Yes. And uh, he got damned somehow by some kind of uh, ritual. It's all the circus shooting. Some kind of skinwalker thing. (laughs) Someone didn't like his show and demanded their money back, and when they refused, they cursed him. Oh, one thing I was, this is why we're talking about Ethan, we just got got Uh, talking about Vanessa, is I really liked the sequence when she was in the Museum of Natural History where she was looking longingly at the wolf in the case. I miss that. Oh, yeah. It's like you could tell that, uh, you know, maybe this geeky guy talking game about scorpions and octopuses. Octopi. Is, octopi. Octopodes. Uh, is, is what she needs right now. But she's still still hungry for the wolf. <laughs> Not she hungry like. Is. She's hungry, hungry, hungry for Um. So... The inspector. I was actually shocked that he accompanied him to New Mexico. I thought that you get to border patrol and you just pass him off and say, take this guy back to be hung. I kind of feel like it's personal with this guy. Like oh, yeah, he, absolutely. He wants to, yeah, you mean like from a legality? He just like, wanted a free trip to America. Yeah, he shows up and like, I want to see this guy swing. And the yeah. people are like, well, okay, great. But the marshals got him, so bye. bye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anything else with Ethan? No. Well, I mean, I guess this this kind of... Are you going to go on to Malcolm next? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because so, this guy, that, that kind of is all bound up in... Intertwined, in, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Malcolm is in Zanzibar, and he's super over being there. He's done with Africa. So he walks out of the bar, and Kay Tanay shows up and kicks some serious ass... This woman gets a knife in the face, which was cool. Mm-hmm. And they drink over him, inviting him back to New Mexico to rescue Ethan. Is this happening simultaneously? How does this guy know what's happening? I think this is all happening on Did the Did he date. come from New Mexico to Zanzibar to pick him up? My, my impression is everything is happening on October 6th, 1892, the day that Tennyson died, because... Obviously, that's what's going on in England. Okay. Uh, when Malcolm, he has no knowledge of this, but he's dating his letter as he's narrating it, and he dates it October 6, 1892. Uh, so it would stand the reason right. that this is all happening on the, same, the same day. Time. So they are connected. This is the day Tennyson died. Yep. So where did this guy come from? Well, he is a Chiricahua Apache, okay. and which I, I guess I don't know a lot about Native Americans, and mm-hmm. I was I surprised. Like, I thought Apache was more of a Plains type of Indian, but apparently no, that they, this particular uh, the, the offshoot of the tribe or the main, the main mm-hmm. uh, Apa- uh, Apache nation is right where the New Mexico territory was from. Oh. So that makes sense. Now, 
why he thinks of Ethan as his son, and he also makes uh, Malcolm, uh, Sir, Sir, Sir Malcolm, recognize him as their son. In fact, he says, our son needs us. Is this a tribe of Lupus Day? Shapeshifters? I, I don't know. Skinwalkers? Mm-hmm. Like I said, I always, I always thought he was, he was cursed by a Native American. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe it was supposed to be a gift. I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> but I uh, will find out soon enough. But he asserts that it's, uh, I thought the one of the great lines uh, that Sir Malcolm's fate is to fight the great demons of earth and sky until you are dead. Yeah, that's Do you th- Did you take that as like Sir Malcolm's not making it out of the series alive? No. Really? I didn't. I just think you say that... something that loaded, I feel like you're going to get shot with it. Well, he tried to escape this demon hunter lifestyle, but it just followed him. So I think that's just, it's like saying that this is his calling or his, his path in life. Okay. So maybe the two go hand in hand. Maybe his... He'll just do this until his life naturally ends, mm-hmm. or maybe his life naturally ends with Dracula ripping his throat out. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you feel like Sir Malcolm's going to die in his sleep. He's already of an age. <laughs> in 1892, I mean, come on. Yeah, <laughs> he seems pretty spry. And my God, oh, his, absolutely. Uh, Kate Nay is amazing. Like I. Yes. I, I thought it was going to be hard to to replace uh, Simbini, and it probably is going to be because he was pretty badass with those blades as well. But man, this guy in a fight is really is really neat and really kinetic and fun to watch. Uh, I t- I tell you what, the other thing is I really liked uh, why we're on the subject. I liked this. Uh, I don't know how you pronounce this guy's name. West Study or Studi? Yeah. Uh, but he you've seen him in. Um, Last Mohicans, where he memorably played, like, I guess the villainous character of that. Although that's, I I don't know if you could draw that conclusion. Dances with Wolves with Kevin Costner. Mm -hmm. He also played, I believe he's the voice of the chieftain of uh, the head uh, Navi guy from Avatar. Really? So, yeah, he's been in a lot of things, and he's a uh, Timothy Dalton caliber kind of character actor for this kind of stuff. And I'm excited to see what they do with him. And I hope they give him more material than like uh, they gave the guy to play Sinbini. Agreed. Because, you know, he was cool despite having barely anything to say or do or except for take care of Sir Malcolm. Yeah, he was just a brooding badass. Yeah. That you didn't want to make speak or else you you would regret it. I don't even know that you can. He's a good cook, too. I don't know that Mm -hmm. you can even call him brooding when he's the least brooding person on the show. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like That's in a brood, true. and a brood off. Is he, there he a better word last. for just like standing in silence and observing all the time? Glowering. Ah. I don't know. He wasn't very glowery. He wasn't mean. I don't know. Insert your own objective. It's just a damn shame. <laughs> adjective. It's a damn shame. That was the that was the big uh, heartbreak from last season, or, or one of them. Yes. Him him dying, and at he the hands of Ethan, who he entrusted with the secret and. Yeah, and also it turns out like that's the thing that really bugged me is like it didn't feel like there was a good a, a need for him to die the way everything worked out. But again, if I you agree. Wa- I felt like there. I mean, if you want to hear a more relevant version of this conversation, listen to the recap last, we did yeah, last yeah, year, which yeah. again will be in this feed. So I just have some thoughts, man. All right, anything else with those two? We got a new traveling oh, roadshow. Are you excited? I, before uh, are you ta- are you referring to Sir Malcolm? And, yes. Okay. Yeah, I. I am excited. I like road shows. I also thought it was interesting mm-hmm. that they had manual fans. 
they paid a guy, or maybe he, they were supposed to understand that he's a slave because that Stop was one it. thing. Stop it. I missed that too. Yeah, there's a guy up in the rafters turning this hand crank that was doing running the ceiling fans. Hmm. And I'm like, oh, I wonder how much you pay that guy. But then Sir Malcolm was ranting and raving about how the slavers have come in. I'm like, oh, maybe this guy is not getting paid. Oh, no. The guy turning the fan? Yeah. He was just doing CrossFit. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't stop talking about it either. <laughs> it would not shut up. Yeah. Uh, Got 100 rotations per minute, bro. <laughs> Okay, so Caliban is on our ice lock ship. The ice is breaking into the sides of the ship. Very cool. And the the poop deck is stacked with just dead bodies. Yep. And the the three crew members that we see left. Yeah, with a couple inclu- civilians. Well, there's passengers. two crew me- or three crew members. We see one child who uh-huh. is now deceased. Uh-huh. Uh Talk about eating the people. Including the leftover or the child that's dying. Yeah, I understand why that, like, the child dying was, I I don't know why you don't start on frozen corpses. Like, when the, 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 here's the thing, the, the, the captain's saying, hey, we can't eat these frozen people, let's die as men rather than as animals. Which I, I also liked how dismissive John Clare was of all this, because he's like, you want to see, uh, you know, what people are really capable of. Um, Just watch me. But then it's like, so the captain shoots that down, so instantly it turns like, what about the kid over there that's, that's all close to dying? Like, why would that make a difference? So John Clare goes over to, or he stops them from killing the child, and he goes over to sing a lullaby to him while he's sick and that bring it brings back memories of him and his wife and his own child who was sick and while he's singing this lullaby my my question since this was kind of like a dream fugue state that he slipped into he's recovering memories is he is there a possibility that when he looked into the mirror he was actually seeing his father and he was the sick little boy no or are you so you think it's 100 percent that he was the father it definitely showed him in his face Okay, so that implies he that implies that he has at least one child that probably is dead, but maybe he has a wife, and that's why he wants to go home and the wife and child could still be alive out there somewhere. Hmm. Daddy's home. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know. I thought that anytime I see someone in kind of like um, you know, it's, it's not exactly a dream sequence, but it's also not exactly a memory. It's something that's stirring in his dead tissue brain. Flashback, right? Yeah, but like the way he locked eyes with himself, I don't know. I thought there was something. You're, I, I think you're mostly right, but um, I don't know. There's, there's a little bit of doubt to me that they were trying to maybe suggest that that was actually him seeing his father, or something. That's where I thought they were going at first too. But no, but I just mean, in my mind, that's what I took away from it. I think you're, I think you're probably right. Uh, the other thing is that he didn't have the same hair, but then again, that's pr- his scalp probably got stitched from some other person. Right, yeah. Now he's got the Skrillex do permanently, so what are you going to do? Yeah, he was a lot less pale then, too. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, so this this flashback gives him a cravings for some neck snapping, so he kills the kid, and he walks home. Yeah, wh- why does he decide, why does he go from defending the child to snapping his neck? He's got a new mission. Well, do you think that also it's like he was just offended by the fact that the guy was going to probably gut him and he wouldn't be as, you know, this is going to be quick and easy? Yeah, he knows that if he leaves, it's going to happen anyway, so he's going to do it in the quickest, most humane way possible, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, instead of, like, cutting his throat and letting him bleed out or something terrible like that. I'm actually surprised he just didn't do everyone on the boat. But... 
No. I mean, I think those people deserve to die slow. Why? Because I don't know. The captain seemed like he was noble. Well, there's a difference between talking about eating someone to survive and mm-hmm. just being like kind of bloodthirsty and gross about it. Right. Like, there's a civilized way to eat people, you guys. But that's what I said. The captain was just like uh, anti-eating people. And I feel like that's, you know, I don't know. I've long thought privately and now publicly to thousands of people that I would not hesitate. It, w- it wouldn't be like day one, I'm peckish. Mm-hmm. Time to eat somebody. But if there's dead bodies, especially and you're talking about like some kind of high up in the mountains where it's cold or in the North Circle, like the, the Arctic Smiths? Circle's cold. Was that their name? I'd, or the the, the, the rugby Joneses? team or the yeah. soccer team or the yeah. hockey team the, okay. the, the, the crashed up in the mountains. Yeah. Or the Donner Party where the they're Donner stuck in a fro- party, that's frozen what I'm path. Of. I'm like, if people are dead already and it's a choice between starving to death and, and eating human flesh. There's no reason for all of us to die. I feel like eating human flesh is not it's not something I'd be proud of or it's not something that I would like relish, but I would definitely do it to survive. But I would definitely eat it with relish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, long pig. That's what's what isn't it the, what the one cannibal tribe calls hum- like long pig? No. It, we're supposed I, I hear uh-huh. I hear tell that we're supposed to taste like pig. That makes sense because they always say that the pig is a very close human analog and mm-hmm. you can use like heart valves from their hearts. That's and true. So like, you know, we make the crispiest of bacon and the juiciest of chops. We got to get a dead body. We got to <laughs> try some of this meat. Let me ask you this. So since this is, you know, uh, prepare for a swerve violently le- uh, to the side. Okay. Uh, synthetic meat. That's something that's probably going to happen in our lifetimes. Okay. Is it, it not already a thing? Well, I mean, they've got, like, okay, some shitty vegetarian. chicken. And, like, yeah. they can make, like, good chicken strips and a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Yeah. But, like, it's not really got the nail. You, you can't, like, make a nice cut of meat. Okay. Uh, but say they get to uh, synthetic meats to where they can just grow it in the lab. Mm-hmm. They take a cell culture. Bam. You got it. Mm-hmm. What is the morality and ethics of try, de- trying human meat if it's synthetic? If you just, like, want to indulge in some curiosity. I would do it. Do you think within 50 years, like, faux human meat would be on the market? Maybe. Yes. Absolutely. (sighs) I don't know. What's the difference between faux human meat and pork? I just think it's like... If we get to that point. If they're so similar, then... eh. I'm just saying that, like, it's taken people's attitudes towards, like, burial customs and organ donation and all this stuff so long to change that... Uh, I, I feel like just a squeakiness factor is going to keep all but the most adventurous and in-your-face, like, hey, YOLO, I ate human meat, from, from trying it. And then, in fact, I could see them legislate just, like, banning it for, like, 30, 40 years past when it's technologically uh, possible. Hmm. I don't think I'd try it. Would you try it? Yes. Synthetic human meat? Yes. Okay, well, tell me what it tastes like when you do. If it's synthetic. And I'll judge the shit out of you. Fine. What? Here's the here's the plot of a movie that's You're coming. the same guy who won't eat a candied scorpion. <laughs> the, the, two years after the first synthetic human meat, or maybe even when it gets like on the horizon, there's uh-huh. going to be a horror movie where it's like a reverse Sweeney Todd, where they're say, they're claiming that it's synthetic human meat, but, but you find out it's but really- But Soylent Green is people. It's just homeless people and elderly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, you put a face on that meat. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so moving on to uh, Frankenstein. We find Dr. Jekyll. Frankenstein. Oh, excuse me. Frankenstein. 
Dr. Jekyll comes to visit his old friend and He uh, should goes back to Calcutta, says I. <laughs> is that like, what you says? I, wh- why tack on the says I? You're making eye contact. Like, that's such a weird way of speaking. She wants like, to make this sure. is my opinion and I want to make sure that you know it's me and I'm not a messenger, a third party. She wants to make sure that you know she has original opinions and she's a thoughtful person. She didn't read it in a magazine or in a Tennyson poem. No, I think dropping the N-word in the public streets, like the rest of the, the everybody in England's like, whoa. No, they weren't. <laughs> they were all like, go on, old lady. <laughs> That's like painting a masterpiece and then putting your signature on it. <laughs> it says all. I. <laughs> okay, yeah. He's uh, dodging piss buckets on his way to Frankenstein's office. Yeah. There were people right under that window that's the thing like i get it you don't like the i guess is he supposed to he's supposed to she thinks he's indian he's probably like pakistani or something i i think and i mean well is he supposed to be i don't know they haven't established yeah and honestly i'm not a big enough jekyll and hyde guy to know whether canonically he is they went to school together so i assume he's english yeah uh well, or is he just from the colonies? Because he also, the, like, part of his backstory is that he's super, super angry about many, many things. And now he's not because of better living through chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah, that's that's what he says. Yeah, that's true. And he wants to bring, he's extend, uh, he wants to bring Zoloft to the masses, including Brona. Is that where this is going? Yeah, Spoiler no. This is, the, alert. this is the birth of Pfizer. <laughs> Uh, Maybe Eli Lilly. I'm not sure sure who does the Zoloft. <laughs> so Frankenstein shares all of his secret monster makings with uh, Dr. Jekyll. And I don't know if you they should. stay up all night and make friendship bracelets. And it's super cute. <laughs> uh, seriously, though, the, their final scene where uh, Hyde's... Or, yeah, or I'm, I'm skipping ahead in the plot. Where Dr. Jekyll says, you know... They had this back and forth about what Frankenstein really wants. Because Frankenstein says, I need to destroy this woman. She's an abomination, which I tend mm-hmm. to agree. Mm-hmm. But I think Jekyll has him pegged. It's like, you don't want to kill her. You want her to purr on you your lap. Fucker. You sick son of a bearded, lonely, romantic. You disgusting person. I'm going to help you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he wants to try this better living through chemistry stuff. But then when when he, they're kind of exchanging this like pledge, he grabs him by the back of the neck, almost like a lover. Mm-hmm. And says, can we do this, uh, brother? I missed the hand part. I just thought he got really close to his face. Well, and I got to ask, since this is the way the show rolls. Yeah. Were Frankenstein and Jekyll lovers in the past? Will they be in the future? Will they be in the future? Does Jekyll have, I mean, is that going to be Unleash's inner beast that he wants, Ooh. you know, he wants Jekyll to see the air of his, or he you know, he wants Frankenstein to see the air of his ways and the fact that, like, you know, girls are gross. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I think that would be. I otherwise, it seems for Victorian era in, era England entirely too close for just you know bros to be hanging. It was very sexually charged. I thought so. It's yeah, seemed that way. And they do. I mean, they they do that. It's like even or because, sometimes I can't tell if it's sexually charged or if it's just very passionate about the same subject. Well, it's like Ethan. I don't think Ethan is gay, but I but... have seen him fuck a dude. When he fucked Dorian Gray in season one, everyone forgets this. You forget. In fact, if you go and listen to our uh, wrap up cast last week, you guys both forgot it uh, last year. Oh shit! It's not gay in a three way. Hold on, I want to make sure that's true. You gonna tag this? 
Yeah, and just like in the last podcast, you made me almost forget it, but I just went and looked on YouTube. They most definitely get naked and, and, and fuck. So there's a little bit of uh, sexual... In season amb- one? Yes. I don't know if it's season one or season... Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's season one. Okay. You wouldn't have forgotten if it was season two. But I feel like there's, there's a baked-in sexual ambiguity, and that's something that the show creators like to play with. So I'm seeing, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing some sparks flying here. Yeah, no, it's... I would be totally down for it, except for Frankenstein's unfortunate drug problem. Yeah. And how many episodes are we going to go before Jekyll says, give me your throat? He just took his throat. That's true. He didn't even ask. (laughs) No, he took it. Come on now. Consent is important, Jekyll. (laughs) Uh, Okay. What did you think of the speech about them kind of, like, there's a lot of Sherlocking going on in this episode. Like, uh, Frankenstein essentially... For us, the audience gives the backstory of Jekyll being this angry boy who dreamed of killing people and getting his vengeance and whatnot, and now he's this, you know. And, and the fact that I thought it was interesting that they both were working together on this immortality project, that that's something they talked about in school, and that was the work that they had done. Right, like it seemed like two parts of a whole plan, yeah. and Frankenstein did his part, and Jekyll's going to unveil his part on Saturday when they have their BFF sleepover. Yeah, it's so weird because the day we saw this, the I uh, as as the part day of Tennyson a, died. The day Tennyson died, uh, as part of my other bald move duties, we were doing a commission podcast that happened to be on Gross Point Blank. Oh. And there's an almost identity, identical scene where um, John Cusack goes back to visit his old buddy from high school, who's played by Jeremy Piven. And he goes this long thing. He's like, you just disappeared for 10 years with no word. What the fuck, man? What the fuck? And him and Jekyll and Frankenstein had that same thing. Why did Frankenstein go cold turkey on this guy? I, that's not immediately clear. I don't think it's supposed to be. I think it's something that we're going to figure out, their their relationship. I feel like it's a personality trait. That he just is like, you know, oh, we're got, we've gotten to be too too close. Peace. Yes. Have to go and be dark and mysterious. Yes. I myself can sympathize with that. Okay. It's just when a, uh, you know, when a friendship you feel has run its course or you're, it's your time to move on or you're you moving on to something on Facebook, else. Yeah. Well. <laughs> the French goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe that's not always reciprocal. Maybe mm. Jekyll didn't feel like the friendship was over, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Then we find Renfield... Is he stealing Dr. Stewart's money from the drawer? They make a point of him taking it from the drawer, like counting it in his hand and sticking it into his pocket. No, I do feel like that was the implication that, you know, she says, pay Renfield on your way out. Uh, She pays Renfield on her way out. And then from his desk in kind of clandestine manner, he grabs at night as well. Shekels or francs or pounds sterling shillings. Mm hmm. Uh, bits. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I don't know. Wheat pennies. Palms I don't know. Heads, whatever, they, whatever they use over there. And he takes it to have the most awkward prostitution experience I've ever seen. Like, if my choices are jerking off and having awkward stand-up starfish sex with a very marginal hooker, like, like, and, and we're talking about a late nineteenth-century Victorian England breathing suit and smog and like that 
I thought Hunt London looked like a hellscape, you yes. know, when they showed the River Thames. And it often does in and, this time. Yeah, like, I mean, that looks like, you know, in The Lord of the Rings where uh, uh, Frodo has the nightmare about what the Shire will look like if darkness falls. Mm-hmm. That's what <laughs> turn-of-the-century London looked like, according to Penny Dreadful in a lot Facts. of historic documents. Like, London fog, it wasn't about fog, it was about the cold <laughs> shit and, and rolling into the city. But no, if I had a choice between that and jerking off, I guess I'd just keep jerking off and save the shillings. Well, sure, but you've got options. Okay. As a non-creepy I... person, you have more options than Renfield does. That's What sad. if Renfield gets off on that? Uh, yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, what if you are such a creepy person that you can't actually get a regular woman? What if after 30-some years of jerking off, you're tired of not sticking it in a lady? Maybe, maybe he's actually, it's the opposite. He's a sex addict. He's got like 30 women and just, you know, he, he, it's been five minutes since he had his fix. So he had to top himself off. Yeah. Or top top her off on the way home. (laughs) Whatever it was, it was free because she gets killed immediately. (laughs) And, uh... He gets taken in by Dracula's creeps. Do we have a name for these people? You know, it's it's he 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 thought he was getting a prostitute. He ends up getting a Victorian era Cirque du Soleil performance. Yeah, badass. I thought that was pretty cool. Them all creeping down like that. All free. What a night, this guy. Very Bram Stoker. Yes, very cool. So they do a pretty good job of priming this guy to be creeped out, and then. Dracula shows up. Dracula. Dracula. I very creepy. It's so funny because I remember watching the the strain. Yes. Which uh you know, I watched the first several episodes before I'm like, oh my god, this is ridiculous. The difference between the uh Del Toro master and how like he was, you know, they he used this big vicious tentacle monster and had all these powers and how like un unscary he was versus how creepy this dracula was and also i wonder if they saw the witch and this inspired it because this reminded me so much of the climactic scene of the witch oh with with black philip yeah i don't want to do yeah i don't want to i don't want to spoil the movie because it's a great movie and you guys should all see it there's creepy whispers if you like penny dreadful i think you would like the witch yes but it's got like it's it's the same kind of hair raising on the back of your neck horror Right. Rather than just, oh, my God, this guy's an alien fucking parasite thing. Ah, you know. Okay, well, controversial opinion. No blood, nothing, you know, just like the, the, even the prostitute just got, like, blurred away. Uh, but got, it was super creepy. where her head exploded on the wall. Oh, did she? Yeah. Oh, okay. There was a big spot where she hit. Uh, controversial opinion. I'm primed to be kind of hot for Dracula. Okay. <laughs> Sure. I mean, we've well, all seen Bram Stoker's Dracula with uh, Gary Oldman and Winona Ryder. Yeah, I think Keanu it's funny because if you take a person that hasn't seen Dracula, and like Gary Oldman, super fucking sexy, mm-hmm. even when he's having dog sex with a woman. Uh, see me, see me now. Yeah, I think people would be like, what the hell? There's no way Commissioner Gordon is going to get, get the women moist. He does. But he does. He Holy cow. He does. So yes, this was it was very creepy, but I'm super excited to see what he looks like. I haven't kept up on the casting and all that, but like I'm assuming I mean, well, we should wait for the spoiler section. Because okay. I'm I'm very curious to see how they portray that seductive aspect of Dracula that's that's central to the myth. I've got some speculation that's not a spoiler because I know nothing. Is okay. that okay? 
Sure. Jon Snow. What would you think if Alexander Sweet was Dracula? Who the fuck is Alexander Sweet? He's the curator of the museum, the zoologist. Holy shit. Right? Right? Damn, that's almost too perfect. Mm. 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 Thing Something is about everyone, the, everyone, the everyone that's guys. watched the the everyone is kept up on everything is going to be able to shoot us down or maybe I mean I don't know maybe that's an accurate sure, prediction. Sure, that's fine. I'm allowed to have my opinions. You are <laughs> the vampire guys accosted her right outside of that. I'm calling it a museum. I I don't know what the official term for it is, but like right outside of those gates, and then she went right in and and they gave her a black ribbon so that they called that, her my beloved. Yeah. 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 Although I don't think I, I think the black ribbon might have marked her, but I don't think Dracula would need it. Yeah, you know who Vanessa Ives is. Well, not only that, but he it's his immortal beloved or whatever. Right. You know, it's she's the like Mina Harkin, I guess, of the character. No, we've already had Mina. Well, sure, but I'm just saying that like if if we're going directly from the the, the text, that's yes. that's the role she'd be playing. Okay. So, do you have any closing thoughts about the episode? Uh, do I have any closing thoughts on the episode? I guess not. I'm very curious. Like this Dracula feels like what this show has been building towards. Right. Although, I, I, as you pointed out, maybe ultimately the the villain is going to be the devil himself. But how do you? I don't know that you can beat the devil. You right. can beat Dracula, but it's going to take all, all, all you got. You can stop the devil from beating you. I see that being a plot point. Yeah, yeah, where yeah. Or ultimately yeah. her good or taking faith your wins, soul. Yeah. But you don't destroy the devil. No, no, that's one of his annoying tri- attributes. So annoying. Um, because Satan be all like, only God can judge me. He's <laughs> got a tattooed on his chest. <laughs> That's what God, yeah, <laughs> says no regrets on his. Yes, right his over chest. his belly button. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> six six six, no regrets. Yes. Uh, oh. <laughs> so uh, I'm not going to get into this, but the previews, like the season previews, look pretty awesome. So uh, even if it didn't, I'm super excited that Peter oh, yeah. falls back. We've got a very cool this season on. Yes. That looks like it's going to be a good one, and that's yeah, what I expected. I was kind of nervous because we've got this thing where it seems like us covering a show is the kiss of death. I don't want to alarm anyone, but we started our podcasting career together right. uh, with uh, the final season of True Blood, which True was a fiasco. Uh-huh. Uh, we also uh, started doing American Horror Story about the time where everyone's saying American Horror Story sucks. Uh we're it we're halfway through the final season of Banshee and things are not looking great, but Penny Dreadful's good so far. So yeah, and that's hopefully it'll uh, this won't be the, the final season and there'll be lots more to come and we can uh, have a little show that we grow together. Aw, would you say that we are the devil of podcasting? <laughs> I'd say we're the Sir Malcolm and uh, Chirakawa. <laughs> Shit, that's not his name. <laughs> That's the name of this tribe. Kaitanya. God damn it. What is his name? Kaitanya. I think it's Kaitanya. Uh, no, I'd say we're the Sir Malcolm and Kaitana. 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 Can I be Kaitana? Sure. Sure. Okay, cool. Uh, we've got some feedback. We didn't have our email address set up yet. What is that again? Uh, it is Penny Earful, Penny and that's Earful. not. It's e 
E A R F U L, not double L. It's it's earful in the same way awful is. <laughs> uh, and you can also send us feedback at forums.baldmove.com. Did I say it's ear uh, penny penny earful at baldmove.com? Yes. Okay, you and yes. said it again. Forums.baldmove.com as well. Yes. And did I say penny? No. Okay. <laughs> I'm losing my mind. Okay. And so, your patience. Woo. Size of flat. I feel like Satan himself. Is I am not. You are very there. much misreading me. <laughs> so, again, the episode snuck up on us. So, we didn't have an email address set up or feedback received through said emails. So, I've got some forum feedback here. Yeah, because Shane some Bowman very smart listeners. Sa- saved their bait. He came in there and created a thread and the we're ready to go. So, the first one is from Adobo1148. If that house looks Downton Abbey clean by the next episode, I'm calling bullshit on that. Damn, Vanessa, you're living there rent-free. I know you have a direct line to the forces of evil, but Jesus, even hell has to be at least marginally cleaner. I <laughs> uh, loved Vanessa's scene with a psychologist. Maybe the first time I've seen her so vulnerable and being mocked by another strong character. Also, male secretary working for a woman doctor seems like a stretch for 19th century Victorian London. No. Well, I mean, that's a very interesting accusation to land at this show because this show is super forward and progressive for its time. Uh, I mean, at least the central characters. Everybody, you know, you got the old ladies saying, uh, you know, no transsexed individuals for me. No, no, <laughs> no uh, men, women in my bathroom, says I. But all the main cast Even the are psychologists like, assume that she had money because of her husband. That's tr- What is this? What, what is this? What kind of this bullshit? You've got your. Snake eating its own tail, like she said. <laughs> <laughs> you're a female doctor with a male secretary, and you're pulling this shit, although arguably she's probably just goading her. Right. But uh, no, no, yeah, that's like it's it's hard to say because this show seems to be all about pushing uh, the audiences and society's comfort uh, zone with their sexuality and different social mores. It's, I think it's awesome. I think it's really cool. Okay, is it awesome or cool? It's both, and it's sexy too. Like this, <laughs> the sex in this show is, is is pretty sexy. Although that's sex the other thing we sexy. noticed. We know that's the thing about Penny. Penny Dreadful has an obsession with upright standing sex, right? Right. Nine times out of ten on this show, when people fuck, it's in a standing it position. It doesn't seem physically possible. Yeah. Like, just based on everyone's the weight got, of the Everyone's got 13-inch prehensile penises, and yes. they're able to make that shit work. Yes. Because that's, this girl, she didn't even, like, this guy's got to be packing because she's not, she's standing there like an NFL linebacker, just like, you know, in a, in a, in a loose stance, like... No, no leg draped around them. Wow. No, like her skirt hike. I don't even know that he's. Uh, he just might be rubbing against her pubic bone. I, I don't know what's going on there. Maybe he's just threateningly finger banging her. <laughs> okay. Still, I again, you know, none of this would have ever happened, Renfield, if you just jerked it into a gym sock. That's all I'm saying. All right. Gym sock ain't going to get you. Opinion from Aaron Hubbard. Gym sock ain't going to get you abducted by the Prince of Satan. <laughs> As Manhattanic says, great fun, although the Native American spouting Hallmark card cliches grew tedious. Agree, disagree? Yeah, that and the scalp. I mean, I don't know. Like, uh, the old traditions die hard and whatnot, but uh, I I liked him, and I know he can do a lot, and I guess he was also very cool and mysterious, so that's good enough for me in episode one. Yep. I hope he 
becomes more of a character in his own right and less of a kind of appendage onto Sir Malcolm uh, because I, I think he's a great actor and a great character. Yeah. Gretelby, which you told me is the pr- correct way you it's pronounce it. It's not Grindel. That. This is not a Beowulf ref. Wait, are you telling me how to pronounce something? So it's definitely Grendelby. No, I'm then. actually passing along the feedback from Gretelby because it was a conversation. It was a topic of conversation in forums. Holy moly, that Dr. Frankenstein and Dr. Jekyll sexual tension was unexpected. Boy, yes. was it. More uh, charged than a Frankenstein monster creating thundercloud. Lightning broad. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Travis says, I love that scene with Mr. Mr. Lyle and Vanessa. He really shaped into a pretty amazing character. I loved the warmth of that interaction and just the way that the two of them play off of each other. Great, great scene. I also had the same thought that you did about Jack the Ripper and I'm so excited to be wrong. It's funny, any other show, and I probably would have either palm slapped my head or at least winced a little bit, but I trust Penny Dreadful going there. I think it's going to be really good. It's funny, my wife said right after that reveal, thought they were going to do the whole episode without doing something super creepy, but here we go. Hell yeah, Penny Dreadful. Sorry, there was a reference to an earlier post in there about Jack the Ripper, but uh, I did think for... I thought, I think that's one of the things we talked about last. I think Jekyll was one of the ones we mentioned and uh, the Jack the Ripper. Yes, there was in season one, Jack the Ripper did a really gruesome scene of destroying someone. And it wasn't that one of the things, the wax museum, that, that uh, yes. uh, Jean-Claire was at that wax museum, sh- shyster, yeah. uh, slave owner, ship thing. Wax Museum Enterprise. works. You don't need more than that. Okay, you're right. You're right. I don't know why I have to. Like, why? That's a pretty. There's only been one. There's not a whole fucking parade of them that no. I got to really add, to come up with adjectives and flail for 50. Let's just do that. What I'm, other things I'm can we hoping, describe? Yes, I'm hoping to see Jack the Ripper sometime soon. That that would be interesting. He's super creepy, definitely supernatural to do that to a body. And get away from him. And he's from hell. Right, yeah. So, very good. I know my Johnny Depp movies <laughs> and my graphic novels. Uh, final one, Michelle says, special shout out to Rory Kinnear, who plays John Clare. I, was, I struggled to remember oh, his first name for a second. Right. Who has made me fall in love with Frankenstein's monster by humanizing him and bringing to life this character who is full of longing, yearning for love, friendship, and compassion. A man who is educated and well-read, soft-spoken, whose words fall from his lips with such beautiful prose, yet damaged and broken and such an outcast. I would say that words fail me, but that's clearly not the case. That said, though, I really love all these characters and and can't wait to see where they go. I thought I'd throw that in who, as who, a dissenting opinion. Who, who sent this email? Michelle, in? who's also uh, a Michelle. Penny Dreadful fan. Yes, Michelle. Right. Uh, you make, American make, Horror Story makes such good. Such that's actually her photograph right there in the studio. She um, is in the running for poet laureate. Uh, well, visually, uh, but I gotta say, you might need to get a card, uh, a reference to Doctor Seward because you seem to have an unhealthy fixation on dark, complicated men. And it will not end. It will not end well, Michelle. It will not end well. Yes, sorry for all the uh, the the bad things we said about John Clare. <laughs> not but it's, sorry, it's only going to get worse. Well, I don't know. Like, like I said, he, if, he, if if I I kind again, my interest in his character. Uh, every every time I think I'm out with him, they'll do just enough. I'm like, okay, this is interesting. Every time I'm back. you think you're out, they, they pull you right back in. Back. Yep, 
So I don't know. I, I might be on uh, singing his praises because that's really the one part of the show that I don't care for. Right. I, I, I'm I, not just, invested. None of his plots. Like the things – Frankenstein makes his plot interesting. Brona made the plot interesting. but And that's part of his plot, but he himself I don't like. Agreed. And don't think it's interesting. Right. Sorry. Not sorry. <laughs> uh, that's all I've got. Okay. Again, Penny Earful, E-A-R-F-U-L, at baldmove.com. P-E-N-N-Y-I-E. Those are, by the way, all that stuff is in the show notes, each and every show, so don't sweat if you don't know the spelling or anything. Just go to the show notes and click on the the email uh, Mm -hmm. link. And forums, forums forums.baldmove.com. Really excited to see what we end up doing uh, this season. This podcast is normally going to be out uh, probably Tuesday evening. Uh, with this, because uh, we usually take so forty eight hours to turn this thing around. Yeah, it's going to be uh, well, it, this. By the time you're hearing this, uh, it might actually be before the initial airing, the actual official airing on Showtime. We're going to release it early. Yeah, because I got to get the feed going. Nice. So there'll probably be two podcasts in your feed by the time you watch the show. If you didn't get the two early release, face. If you didn't get the early release through on demand or whatever Showtime's deal is, so. And you can also get more of us on our Banshee podcast. That's right. Out on. Monday afternoons. Yeah. And everybody at home, clap your hands and let's see if we can save Banshee, everybody. It's, uh, the, the, the light's flickering. I do believe in Banshee. I do, I do believe in I Banshee. Do. Yes, I do. I do. All right. Let's end this. Yes. Okay. Is this a murder-suicide pact? Yes. That's very appropriate for this show. We're going to eat uh, each other's flesh until actually, we die. Actually, uh, we're going to have a little spoiler discussion. Okay. The, the not, not, too, not too much, just to kind of start the ball rolling gotcha. with people. Uh, because uh, even though I like Gothic Horror, I'm not an expert on it, but I, I do uh, recognize character names. So that we sounds can talk good about to that. me. Uh, all right. If you want to stay past the outro music, then we'll have a very light spoiler discussion. And uh, if not, we'll see you next week. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Cecily. Bye. Okay, so... Spoil me. We're back in the spoiler section. In the Dracula novel, uh, Dr. Seward runs a lunatic asylum. Right. So he is a, is a psychologist or a, what do they call it? Uh, what An alienist, an alienism, yes. master of alienism. Uh, and Renfield is an inmate of his facility. That's true. And, and we do see in the previews Vanessa in a padded room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't, that's kind of a departure from the canonical character. Uh, this is the, is it? well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're going, you're, are you suggesting that he's going to act start acting like a crazy person? A quote-unquote... Renfield? Yes. Yes. Okay. So is Dr. Seward going to have him... Com- because his mission is to gather information about What if Vanessa. Vanessa is committed first, he goes with her? Ooh. Well, that's super interesting. That fits in with what we've seen in the, the trailer. Right. Uh, and then she's got a private practice. Do you think that she's going to insist on treating them at the asylum? That's that's actually probably the way it's going to go. Right. That yeah. she's going to be committed for some. Or something. maybe that's part of the the Although, plot of the season is her opening the induction of the whole 
Asylum. Yeah. And I wonder how they're going to steer her into because right now I feel like her arc is on an up sh- an uplift, an upshift. She's taking care of herself. Right. She's, she's taking care of her environment. She's giving a shit. She, yeah. She's got this thing going on with the octopus scorpion guy, uh, who's probably Dracula. <laughs> I, I wonder how that's going to 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 change. Yeah, it seems very positive for her. Maybe, maybe she'll get some false bad news. Yeah. Malcolm's died or Ethan's died or Ethan's been captured from a train. I don't know. Yeah. That seems likely. I'm trying to think if there's anything interesting to say about Jekyll and Hyde that I know of that's not just already out there. I don't know the... that story. Actually, I'm not familiar. You know, that's the thing is like I, I know that he's got like the split yeah, personality. I, I know thing. of it of like the ex- like they always in pop culture uh this Jekyll and Hyde thing is always like shown as the, like the, the it's, it's, it's always an emphasis on the physical transformation. Right. Like Jekyll's almost like this mon or no, I'm sorry. Jekyll is this mild mannered guy. Oh yeah. Jekyll. And Hyde is this, you know, monstrous, this, this creature that's completely uninhibited. Whereas right. in the, the novel, it's much more of a psychological ch- transformation. There's a physical one, but it's not like, like having a bipolar disorder. Yeah. 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 It just um, becomes angry. Uh well I mean he's just uh he's turns into he's he's cruel he's or, kind of psych he's uh, like psychotic as like a does sociopath does he ever kill people does sure. he he does yeah he's violent but he's not like you know the Tasmanian fucking devil like, like he's uncontrollable or like you know in the uh, extraordinary league of or the league of extraordinary gentlemen where he physically turns into this giant like incredible Hulk yeah but and I'm I'm you know with with um, Penny Dreadful I'm always I don't know what to do with them because half the time they subvert, they take the inspiration and subvert the tropes of it, and right. then half the time they lean into it. They and I don't know what they're going to do. Sometimes, yeah. Because like the other thing is, um, I always think of the uh, uh, Doctor Jekyll as, um, you know, kind of a reserved guy um, who's maybe not powerfully built or whatever. And, and I felt like that this version of Jekyll. Mm-hmm. Is like he's. I think he's good looking. He's mm-hmm. well put together. He seems very self possessed and assured. Uh, my big question that I want to ask is: Do you think that we're actually seeing a, a, a slightly more benign Mister Hyde because these chemicals haven't actually fully driven him insane? That 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 you know because. Frankenstein, so story... Jekyll says that I've changed a lot and Frankenstein recognizes this change and he's obviously already in testing these chemicals upon himself. So I wonder if this kind of stature and this confidence is because when he's meeting with Frankenstein, he's already in. He's not fully turned into Mr. Hyde and he's not gone violent or crazy, but that's what's going to come down the pike. That seems very reasonable. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Uh, so those are the things I just really kind of want to throw out. Um, yeah. You know, there's not obviously they've you know uh, uh, they've they've killed off uh, Van Helsing, right? Mina Harker, all those things mm-hmm. that are kind of central to the Dracula. But I feel like that Sir Malcolm is is posed to step right into that role, yes. and obviously Vanessa is into the Mina Harker role, uh, Harker role. So I don't know what else that's interesting to say about that, but. Until I get feedback, I was like, no, no, we'd like to hear all this stuff, or we don't yeah. consider that spoilers. I want to keep kind of the book, the the lore knowledge into the spoiler ca- the spoiler section, and maybe people have some thoughts. Or uh, if you're a bigger fan of uh, gothic horror, yeah, than I am, you can uh, step in here and, and and engage in some theory crafting of your own. Love to hear it.
All right. Well, we will uh, wrap it up for, again, the brief spoiler section and see you next week. Bye. Bye.